Well, praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about why God gave us words. Why God gave us words. Everybody in this room has a mouth. How many of you use your mouth? How many of y'all like to eat? I like to eat. You know, if you look around God's kingdom and what he built, there's lots of animals that have mouths. There's lots of animals that have tongues. And they, they, they use those for different things. They may bark. We've been teaching our girls animal sounds, right? You know what the sound the horse makes. Can anybody here make a horse sound? Good job, Bella. Good job, right? And, and, and so, you know, of course, dogs bark and ducks quack. And, and there's lots of animals that make noises with their mouth. But us as human beings have something that they don't have. We have the ability to take our mouth and take our tongue and form words. Everybody say words. words. Say it again. Say words. words. Why did God give us words? Why do we have words that other animals don't? Why do we have an ability to take our tongue, take our mouth, take our brain and formulate words? On a purely natural level, it allows us to communicate with each other. It allows us to communicate and talk to each other and, 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 and say things that we need, things that we'd like, introduce ourselves, talk, build relationships, build camaraderie, all those things. It allows us to coordinate together. If you and I were doing something and we never talked and we were going to, let's say, build a house or, 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 or build, a, um, let's say, build a piece of furniture, right? You, you can imagine how difficult that would be if we did not talk to each other. If I just started doing things and you started doing things and we're supposed to be building it together, but we're not talking, that would be difficult. You can imagine a husband and wife that never talked to each other. That would be devastating to their relationship. Even people who uh, are, are, are unable to speak, people who are, are dumb, in, in other words, they're unable to speak, they, they, they can communicate with sign language. They can communicate. Communication is important. Now, there are many different reasons why I believe God gave us words. Probably I can't even cover them all today. I'm going to focus on one today and we'll see where God leads me. I may focus on more next week or Wednesday or whatever. But I'm going to hit some of these, but then I'm going to focus on the last one. Of course, God gave us words to praise him. Everybody say praise him. God gave us words to praise him. He gave us words to worship him. Our words, they say that the Bible says that praise should be in our mouth. It should be in our mouth. We should go around day to day, not just on Sunday mornings for the 30 minutes of worship. That, that's, just, that's just to condition the atmosphere for Sunday for the word to come forth. But it should be on Monday morning. You should wake up with a praise in your mouth. You should wake up with a, come on, God. Oh, Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for what's coming my way. You know what? Even if the devil attacks me, God, I thank you for your provision. God, I thank you for, for, for your guidance. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your, y'all see how I'm doing that? I'm praising God. That's a constant thing for me. I, I've just learned to just constantly, I'll just say thank you, Lord, maybe a hundred times a day. I don't know. I hope it's about that many. I've never actually counted. Lord, forgive me. I'm not trying to lie today, but somewhere around that amount, that would be like a target goal for me. I say it often. I say it. I, I thank you, Lord. I'll just say it. Thank you, Lord. Something will happen. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for that. Thank you. I just praise God constantly. He gave me words. Did you know that it's your mouth that has to actually say it? God will not make you praise him. Come on, church. God will not make you praise him. 
He will not force you to praise him. He will not force you to worship him. It's up to you, your brain, your tongue, your heart to formulate those words and praise him. See, the, the interesting thing about everything that I'm going to talk to you about today and all these different reasons why God gave us words is that if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. As a matter of fact, God's word says that if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out, that the earth will cry out, that the, the, the earth that he built is, is made, there should be praise emanating from this planet. And if you and I don't do it, the rocks will. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want a dumb rock doing my job. Amen? Why else? Why else? To magnify him, to glorify him, to pray to him, to pray to him. He gave us words to pray to him. You know, the Bible says, and I'm hitting a lot of these quick. Like I said, I'm going to focus on one, but y'all stay with me. He said that you have not because you ask not. He gave us words so that we can pray to him. So that we can commune with him. Prayer and communion. So that we can talk to him. So that we can tell him about our day. You know, there are times where I do pray inwardly. I'll ponder things in my mind, in my heart. But I've learned through the years that I actually have to formulate words and pray out loud to God. I have to ask him. I ha- he says that I need to ask him. Now, and I know that he, he knows my thoughts. I know he does. And I've learned to kind of... I, I'm one of those guys, I like to ponder things. I like to solve problems in my head. Is anybody else like me? Come on. And, and, I, and that's not a bad thing, but there are moments where I've got to open my mouth and say, God, I need your help. I told the story on Wednesday. We got a new refrigerator and a new dishwasher. Praise God. I'm so excited. Man, y'all, y'all heard my, my story a few, week, uh, a few weeks ago. I was telling the story about our old dishwasher and all that. Well, the dishwasher took me a long time to install, but I was able to get it into the kitchen, no problem. But on Wednesday, I went and picked up our refrigerator, and we got it, got it in the house, and I was going to bring it around, <laughs> around the living room and around the side of the kitchen, and I uh, go to squeeze it through there, and of course, it's a big refrigerator, so I'm asking my wife, hey, can you see? And she goes, oh, you're not going to make it. I said, what you mean I'm not going to make it? She said, you're not going to make it. And so I go to try to push it through, and we're not going to make it. We took the doorknobs off of the cabinets. Not going to make it. And so we're push, trying to push it through, and, and uh, now I'm getting frustrated. Because now I realize I bought a refrigerator that I can't get into my kitchen. And our old refrigerator, it would freeze stuff in the refrigerator part. It would just randomly freeze stuff. I mean, we'd pull out the, the cream cheese or whatever, and it would be a block of ice. This is a real thing in our refrigerator. You know, it's not going to work. We need a new refrigerator. So I'm like, Lord, you gave us this refrigerator. And so we started getting busy. We started getting ready for Wednesday night service. And off to the side, I'm just sitting there. And I'm, I'm, I'm internally, I'm giving you all a story here to help you. Internally, I'm thinking. I started watching stuff on YouTube. It's no help. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And finally, I just prayed a little simple prayer. God, will you help me get this refrigerator in? And within a few minutes... I got an idea. What if we take the doors and we open them up and we go around this other doorway that we can't get in the normal way and we shimmy it around? My wife said, I don't know. I guess that'll work. I said, I think it's going to work. Well, we brought it back around. We brought it in. We opened the doors. And y'all should have seen this. We had to look funny in there. I mean, my wife and I trying to shimmy this big refrigerator around. But you know what? It worked and we got our refrigerator in our kitchen. One little prayer. God gave us words to pray to him. 
to pray to him. I had to actually open my mouth. I had to pray to him. What, what else did he give us words for? To go into all the world and preach the gospel. Y'all say preach. preach. Say preach it, Pastor. He gave us words to preach. He gave us words to that his, that his word be spoken and come forth out of our mouths. The Bible says that how can someone be saved unless they hear the gospel? Unless they hear the gospel. We have to preach. We have to tell others. We have to tell our testimony would be a subpoint to this. The Bible says that our testimony, how have we overcome the world? By the blood of the lamb and the word, say word. The word of our testimony. Our testimony has to be communicated to others. It has to be told to others. Do not keep it to yourself. Don't keep it to yourself. Share with somebody what God's done for you. What God's doing for you. You can tell them in faith what God's going to do for you. But share with someone the gospel. Share with someone the good news. Why else did he give us words? To make disciples. So we preach the word the word to the world. We get people saved. And we make disciples. We help them. We, we communicate with them. We tell them about how to have a relationship with God. All these are things we're supposed to do with our mouth. He also gave us words to speak with authority to the attacks of the enemy. Everybody say, I have authority. authority. Man, I tell you what. If there's one thing that I've gotten in the last few years, there's a revelation from God that has changed my life. It's the fact that I have authority as a believer that I do not have to let the devil walk all over me. I do not have to let sickness walk all over me. I do not have to let his attacks reign over me. That as a believer and as a child of God, I have the authority that he gave me to speak to those things. To talk to those things. To say, devil, get out of my house. Now, the thing is that that requires words. It requires my mouth. It requires my tongue. It requires me to open up and talk to the devil and tell him to get out. Y'all say, get out. out. Say it with some attitude. Get out. Get out. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do that. You got to tell him to get out. Get out of my life. Sometimes you've got to talk to your body and say, get in line. You're supposed to be healthy. Sickness, get out of my body. I curse you in the name of Jesus. You have authority to talk to those things. How do we know that? Because Jesus, I don't have time to go into all this. I'm going to give you all just a little bit. Jesus told his disciples that they're going to do greater works than him. He said that they will tread over serpents. That they will go into, that they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He gave them, he passed authority to them. Then he went on to say after he was risen from the dead, he said that you will do greater works than me. He rose from the dead, gave us the Holy Spirit, all of this that he did so that we would have authority here on earth, so that we would not be bound by the works of the devil, and yet many believers don't exercise authority. They never open their mouth. It's one of the reasons why God gave us words, to use our authority. Why else? Here's where we're going today. Y'all know that I've been on faith, and I feel like I'm wrapping it up with this topic today. One of the... Again, I may not, this may not be every reason why God gave us words, but the final one I'm going to cover today, God gave us words to confess our faith and speak to mountains. To confess our faith and speak to mountains. We looked at Mark 11. We've looked at it numerous times throughout the last few weeks. And it says that, first of all, he told the believers, he told them to have the faith of God. 
Then he told them to speak to the mountain. Be thou cast into the sea. In other words, speak to the mountain. Tell it to be removed, to be cast in the sea. To believe in your heart. Do not doubt. Do not doubt. And whatever you say will come to pass. Y'all say that when we say, whatever I say will come to pass. You have to speak to the mountain. I want y'all to say that. Say, I have to speak to the mountain. You have to speak to the mountain. The mountain will not speak to itself. Someone else cannot speak to your mountain for you unless they were doing it. Obviously, I could cover that on another topic. Of course, someone else's authority. But what I'm saying is that when you've got something in your life that you need to deal with, you need to speak to it. Let me just word it that way. You need to speak to it. That mountain will stay there as long as you allow it to. You've got to speak to it. I want to talk to you for a moment about the woman with the issue of blood. You know, this is a story that continues. The more I study it, the more I read it, the more I read other great men of God and their takes on it. There's so much packed into this story. You have a woman who for 12 years, I'll say 12 years, 12 years she had this issue. She spent every dollar she had trying to get healed of the issue. She tried everything she knew to try. So she's at her wit's end. She's actually gotten sicker, the Bible says, and she's broke. She spent everything she has. She's broke, sicker than she's ever been, and there seems to be no hope until she hears about Jesus. Now, we covered this a few weeks ago, right? That faith comes by hearing. So at the moment that she heard about Jesus, she had what? She had faith. Y'all say it with me. Say, she had faith. She heard about Jesus. She heard about what he does and who he is and what he's about. And she had faith. At that moment, she said something. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. I had never seen that before until recently. She said it. She actually opened her mouth and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I know I'm not supposed to be in the crowd. I know I'm a sick woman and I'm not supposed to be out in the public at all. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get to where he is, if I can just be in his presence and she confessed it. Now, check this out in verse Mark, uh, Mark chapter five. If y'all want to look there with me, I'll give you a second to turn over there. Mark chapter five. And we're going to start in verse 28. Mark chapter five, verse 28. She's made this point to go and touch the hem of his garment. And in verse 28, we see, for she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. In verse 29, immediately, y'all say it with me, say immediately. Immediately. At that point. See, she had, she had faith. She confessed. She used her mouth to speak words of faith Y'all follow me here. When she put action to her faith at that moment, immediately, it says the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said to him, you see that everyone's around you, the multitudes thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to her, who had done this thing. But the woman who was fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. 
And in verse 34, y'all see this, Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. What made her whole? Y'all say with me, say her faith. faith. Now I want y'all to do this. If you're there, I want to read verse 28 and 34 back to back. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. I want y'all to get this. I want you to write it down. I want you to understand this. What she said was her faith speaking. What she said was her faith speaking. I want you to write it down and never forget it. What she said was her faith speaking. Write this down. What you say is your faith speaking. What you say. What you say is your faith speaking. What do you believe in? Because if you're saying, oh, I'll never make it, that's what you believe. Oh, I know that hurt. I know. I know. But it's true. If you say, oh, why does God always blah, 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 and it's all a bunch of negative stuff because you think God's beating you up, that's what you actually believe. That's why I remind us constantly that God is good, that he's for you and not against you, that he's on your side. Because if you know God's on your side, you can speak words of faith, words of hope, words of life. What you say is your faith speaking. What you say is your faith speaking. If you say God's word and you speak that, you will believe that. The Bible says in a lot of different places, we're going to look at a couple of different scriptures. You don't have to turn to all these, but if you want to write down the reference, you can study it on your own time. Matthew 12, 37. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, y'all say it again, say words. words. By your words, you will be condemned. See, it's your words that matter. Matthew 12, 37. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, death. Y'all say, say death. Now yes. say life. life. Both of those things are in the power of your tongue. You could say it this way, and I don't think it would do any harm to the scripture. You could say death and life are in the power of your words. Because that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying, that your tongue, it actually goes on to say, those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, the fruit that you speak is what you're going to eat. If you speak death, you're going to eat some bad fruit, some nasty fruit. Have y'all ever ate a nasty banana? I mean, y'all ever, like, seriously, like you're getting, like maybe it was laying the wrong way and and it got black on one side and you didn't know. And so you're eating the good part of the banana and all of a sudden you get to the nasty part. Come on, somebody. All right. That's what happens in your life is you got some good things you're saying, but all of a sudden you get to the nasty part. Come on. You get to the nasty part because, see, you spoke it. What you're living in today is what you spoke yesterday. What you speak, the words you use, is your faith speaking. The words you use is your faith coming out of your mouth. What do you actually believe? What you say is your faith speaking. You know, the Israelites had an interesting thing happen to them. Because they got everything that they wanted. Their, 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 
delivered from the Egyptians. They've come to the point where they're outside of Canaan. They're outside of the promised land. They're sitting there. And Moses sends 12. Y'all say 12. Get this. 12. He sent 12 spies to spy out the land. 12 of them. Catch this. 12 of them went in. 12 of them saw the same thing. 12 of them saw the giants. 12 of them saw the grapes. 12 of them saw the land flowing of milk and honey. And 12 of them saw the giants cowering over the land flowing with milk and honey. And 12 of them came back. And out of the 12, 10, y'all say 10. 10 of them gave a negative report. 10 of them said, no, the giants will tear us up. The giants will defeat us. We cannot take this land. I, you know, uh, we, we, we will never make it. We can't, we can't take it. They're too big. They're just massive. They're, they're, they're giants. And two of them said, we got this. We got this. Actually, Joshua said, Very, verily, I tell you that God will deliver us this land. He will give us this land. He will provide us. See, Joshua knew. Y'all hear me? Joshua knew the word that came forth from, the, from God that said, this is your land that is promised to you. This is the promised land that I will deliver to you. And so out of his mouth came the faith of what was in him. See, popular, this was the majority. The majority was saying, nope, we can't do it. The majority was saying, nope. Nope, not going to make it. That's why you can't listen to the majority. You can't listen to the majority. You can't, if, if you hear, I wonder what it was like. I'm going to speculate for a second. Y'all track with me for a second. Can you imagine what it was like to walk back with the 12? To go in there and see it and to walk back. Obviously, Joshua and Caleb were hanging out together. But what about the other 10? I mean, did all of them have the same opinion when they left? Because they all saw the same thing. They all came back. I know they had to share their reports, so and they all came back, and they're, and they're sitting there talking. And obviously, those 10 influenced each other enough to have a negative report. A report filled with doubt and unbelief. No faith. No standing on God's word and his promises. What was his promise? That I'll give you this land. Well, you know what happened? Those 10 and everyone else that was 20 years old and older never stepped foot in the promised land. Think about that. They got exactly what they said. They never had to fight a giant. They never had to get defeated by a giant. See, sometimes we, make it, we, we think that it's the giants that are going to defeat us and it's our words. We're so focused on the giant we think we're going to face that we talk about it until we get defeated. They never even faced a giant and yet never stepped foot in the land that God promised them. Never stepped foot. And in fact, infiltrated an entire generation that wandered for 40 years in the wilderness till everybody died, including Moses, and the only two that were in that age range that made it were Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they're words. They spoke words of faith, and they got what they said. They got exactly what they said. They got exactly what they were believing for. They got exactly what, I mean, can you imagine 
going through everything they went through, coming up to the point. See, many of us, are, we're right on the edge of what God's promised us. We're right on the edge. And you can either see the giants or you can see the land flowing with milk and honey. You can see the curses and the bad things and the trouble and the calamity. Or you can see what God's promising you. And you can come back away from peering over into what God wants for you. And you can speak death, destruction, and a bad report. Or you can speak faith. What are you going to speak? What are you going to speak? What, are you going to, what is going to come out of your mouth? Because God gave you words. The title today was Why God Gave Us Words. He gave you words amongst everything I mentioned to speak faith. To speak his word. To declare his goodness. To speak his promises. To confess your faith. To speak to mountains and tell them to get out of your life. To speak to disease and curse it and command it to go. How do we know? How do we know I can do that? Because the Bible says that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. If he said that, then he doesn't want you sick. It's pretty simple. You know, Jesus went around. The Bible says that he went around doing good. Healing all of those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's what Jesus did. Then he said this. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. Does God want you healed? That's what Jesus did. He went around healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. He went around doing good. That's who God is. That's what God is. So our mouth, our words, our tongue has to line up. Has to line up. You know what? Have you ever heard the phrase, fake it till you make it? I'm going to use a bad analogy for a second to get to a good point, okay? Fake it till you make it is not necessarily always the best thing. However, in this case, I want you to just get this concept. If you take the word of God and you confess it long enough, you'll believe it. If you have nothing good to say, shut your mouth and speak God's word. Because in, as you say it, faith comes by hearing. And as you hear that word, as you say it out loud, and you say it out loud, you may have been taught, you may have grown up in a church that told you, oh, well, well God just put that cancer on you so he could teach you a lesson. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe that for one minute. Don't you believe it either? I don't believe it. I don't. God doesn't have sickness. If that were the case, then Jesus would have walked around to all those people who had done a whole bunch of wrong stuff, all the tax collectors and sinners he was eating with. He would have sat down at lunch and said, oh, more, more, uh, more debt for you. I'm going to take all your money away. I'm going to put you in more sin over here. You, uh, let's go with uh, leprosy. I mean, I've read the Gospels. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He sat down with them and gave them the goodness of God. He sat down with them and healed them. He, he, he walked around touching lives and healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. My words have got to line up with what God wants in my life. It's up to me. It's up to you. It's up to us to speak the words. God will not move your tongue for you. Man, that's good. That wasn't even in my notes. I want y'all to just <laughs> Sometimes God just downloads stuff right into you. God will not move your tongue for you. Come on, y'all can write that down. Y'all can, y'all can use, that, use that this week. 
God will not move your tongue for you. You've got to speak. You've got to get it out. You've got to say, speak faith, speak God's word, put it into action. You've got to do it. But here's, here's the best part of all. Here's what I'm going to wrap up with. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it. You can speak it. You can overcome. You can meet and, 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 and make and surpass every challenge you've ever faced. Brother Andre, I'm on close if you want to come up and help me. This is so important, so vital that you and I speak God's word. That you and I speak faith every day. Now, I want to encourage you, simply put, if you catch yourself speaking doubt, don't beat yourself up. Correct it. Just correct it. Right there in that moment, say, God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. You know, if you say, here's the things that people say this stuff all the time. They'll say, oh, my knee is killing me. Well, do you want your knee to kill you? Oh, I, I, I've said it. I'm going to tell you one that I've said. Oh, my back is killing me. I've said it. I've said it. But I don't actually believe that. So why am I saying it? Why, is that, why am I allowing those words to come out of my mouth? So what I say now is, God, I thank you for healing my back. That pain is going away in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for showing me. If I'm doing something to cause that pain, I thank you for showing me. Lord, I thank you for healing my body. I thank you for healing my... Lord, I thank you for releasing those muscles back there. Lord, you, didn't, you don't want me to walk around and be in pain in my back. I know you don't because your word says you don't. I thank you for healing my body. I thank you that the pain is going. Back, I... Curse that pain in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. I command you to leave. I command my spine to be work to work correctly, to be in the right order, in the right place. And then I'll start moving it around a little bit. I'll start. Y'all, think, y'all I, I'm serious. This is what this is real life. I went from speaking negative to speaking positive, to speaking God's word, to speaking faith. In every area of your life, in your finances, in your Obviously, in your body, we just covered that. Family members that you want saved. Any area of your life that you want changed, I want you to seriously evaluate how you're talking about it. What words are you using? Why did God give us words? To use them. To use them. To take the faith that's in us and speak it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right there where you are, just raise your hands. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everything that you've spoken today. Lord, I thank you for downloading that word into me today. And I pray that it resonates in the hearts and minds of everybody that's in here. That everybody that's listened to this podcast and everybody that watched us online or will watch us online. In Jesus' name. There are, you can stand up on your feet. There are two types of people, and one of you in this room may fit into one of these two types of people, or maybe you're watching online and you might fit into one of these two categories. Number one, you may be somebody who does not know Jesus. You've heard me talk about him, you've heard me preach, and you say, gosh, I want that. I want that relationship with God. Or maybe you do know Jesus, and you've had Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, but you walked away from him. you You've run away from him and you need to make things right. You need to make things right. You need to recommit and rededicate your life back to God. If you're either of those two types of people, I want to pray 
for you and I want to pray with you. If you'll bow your heads, everybody in this room, bow your heads and close your eyes. If that is you in this room, will you just raise your hand and let me know? Will you just raise your hand and let me know? If you're online and you're watching us, write us. Leave it in the comments. Let us know. Not to embarrass you or to out you or whatever, but to be a part of this with you, to pray with you and to help you. I want to get some material in your hands. I believe there may be people online watching and since I don't know if any of them are there or not, I want all of us in this room to pray with me. And if you're online, I want you to pray with us. And let's pray. This is what we call the prayer of salvation. Will you guys pray with me? You guys in this room, you can say it out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son for me. I confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I make him number one in my life. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross for me, for my sins, for my healing, for my salvation. He was buried and he rose on the third day. Today he's alive, seated in heaven with you. I believe it and I confess it. I thank you for healing me. I thank you for saving me. And I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Y'all give God and give these people a round of applause.